What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, we officially got a new mayor. The Arlington Heights Bears will have to wait. And we're talking bike safety and neighborhood festivals. Joining me is Alex Nitkin from the Illinois Answers Project and poet and community editor for the Southside Weekly, Chima Naira Okoro. It's Friday, May 19th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Chima, I'm such a huge fan of your TikToks. I'm starstruck. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll be cutting up. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Naira. How y'all feeling today? Going good. good Pretty good. I'm excited to look back on some big stories from the week, including the mayoral inauguration. But before we get into it, uh, when we started the call, Naira, both the Alex and myself had to sort of big you up and talk about how uh, we are fans of your social media. <laughs> but recently you've been having this uh, spark, this huge conversation across social media about Chicago X or your red flags or, or your pet peeves that you see uh, people out here uh, in these streets doing. Uh, and so let's listen to a little bit of that real quick. Out the way. I do not like people who call it cloud gate. You're not special. Stop trying to be bougie it is called the bean if you call it cloud gate you probably went to the art institute in real life i don't care if you eat uncle remus over Harold's. what i worry about is if you eat chicken tenders instead of ordering wings bonus points if you don't get mild sauce or lemon pepper do not collect 200 do not pass go go straight to jail next red flag taking lower whacker and expecting your gps to work you don't think you don't use your brain matter of fact another red flag is if you know exactly where you're going when you're on lower whacker you know who else knows exactly how to get around lower whacker rats if you want to call it the willis tower cool but if you correct people for calling it the Sears Tower, Dunna, red flag. Like if you're out here correcting people, you were either born in the 2000s or you probably from Wrigley. The next red flag is living in Wrigley. That's it. I don't want to hear it. I'm from the South Side next. Another red flag is if you be having your laptop out on a train and a bus. You're fearless, but don't worry. Somebody's going to change that. I, I'm totally guilty of having my laptop open on the train. I've done it once or twice, but I'll have to watch myself. It's okay. We all, you know, we all have room for growth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. A, a few of those on the list. Uh, only only one that really steps out though. I do like calling it Cloudgate. I just think that name pretty man. I, I I just think it's a good name. I like calling it the Bean. And I'm not again. I'm not gonna correct anybody. But but you know I do sometimes be like oh yeah man I love going to Cloudgate. People are like what's talking about? I mean you know the Bean. Why you say that? You gotta admit like, though. I just like the name. I like it's got to be partially because you enjoy the satisfaction of telling people actually it's actually called Cloudgate and not the Bean. <laughs> it's okay. You just just admit that you get a little bit out of that. You it's know? a little bougie. I feel like you know you like it. You like how it sounds. It's bougie. That's okay. It's yeah. okay to be bougie. <laughs> I, I pretend not to know who the artist is. Yeah. <laughs> what is your number one? Like, if, if you could only pick one, what's the worst one? Please don't say the Cloud Gate one. It's not. I made a follow-up, <laughs> and my worst one is actually on that list. Mm -hmm. And it's um, 
driving over like that one big bump that they've paved, paved over now that's still kind of a bump but also like all the bumps on Lakeshore Drive like if you don't have them memorized but you want to speed down Lakeshore and my like head hits the ceiling of the car I'm like I'm following a lawsuit <laughs> like I'm definitely this is not the last you'll hear from me it's not <laughs> Alex is there one that stuck out to you or one that you have listen I mean chicken and chicken integrity is very important to me personally mm-hmm. Um, so the, whenever I see someone order tenders or as some people, um, falsely call it boneless wings, <laughs> I will call them out for it. Um, I think that it's just, it's, it's, uh, makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Yeah. Eat the off the bone. It's better that way. Mm-hmm. People are in the comments dying on that hill behind tenders from Harold's and I just, I'm worried people about can't them. be saved, you know? We do got a Harold's episode and somebody in there admitted that they do like the, the chicken tender lunch. I ain't going to put them all the way out there. Uh, my, I'm going to stay on food, though, is I don't like people who take Chicago hot dogs seriously. So I'm going to just be real. We grew up with ketchup and mustard and relish in the house. And most hot dogs I ate throughout the year was probably at some cookout that didn't have nothing but barbecue sauce on it. And so people who are like, I'm like, who got sports peppers and celery salt at the crib just on hand? Yeah, we got some onions, but ain't nobody going through all that to eat no boiled hot dogs. That's true. We want to hear your Chicago red flags, your, your, your Chicago icks. Text us or leave us a voicemail at 773-780-0246, and you may hear yourself on the podcast. Earlier this week, we had an energetic inauguration with Brandon Johnson officially becoming the 57th mayor of Chicago. And I mean, that thing was jumping. Moon 2 Dance Company opened with a beautiful number. My homie was in it. Uh, Avery R. Young, Chicago's first ever poet laureate, read a new piece. Uh, I mean, there were multiple choirs and and the mayor came out and delivered a, a speech dedicated to, to unifying people. He doubled down on some campaign promises. Naira, as you watched that speech, as you, you kind of saw what was happening at the inauguration, what did you take? from the the energy earlier this week? I feel like a lot of people are hopeful about the political climate of Chicago for the first time in a really long time. Um, I know that we won't know exactly what this, um, like his time in office will look like until it actually happens. And of course, you know, there's some people who are like skeptics, also me who takes everything with a grain of salt. So I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. But aside from like that, I think that the word is like excited and hopeful. Mm -hmm. Alex, you watched the speech. And like I said earlier, the mayor doubled down on a few campaign promises um, that you've been writing about, uh, including uh, reopening mental health facilities and not using property taxes as a way to to raise revenue. Do you think he is going to be able to to deliver on those? I think somewhat. Yeah, I was listening very carefully for what actual specific promises he was either going to repeat from his campaign or bring back up or call the city council to pass. And there was not a lot there. Granted, an inaugural address is usually a time to set a lot of lofty ideals and kind of generational goals. And he definitely did a lot of that. There were a lot of, I guess you could call them goals, things like fix the public transportation system, which is like, yeah, something we want to aim for, but isn't like, you know, a measurable goal. Mm -hmm. Um, But the two things that really stuck out to me were just like you said, Jacoby, reopening closed mental health clinics and what he specifically said was we're going to generate revenue that we need to close the city's structural deficit without raising property taxes or imposing fines or fees he didn't say anything more about that then he Mm -hmm. just sort of changed the subject i think that looking at it and especially looking at the ideas that he has proposed to raise revenue 
especially if you're talking about something as as dramatic as closing what he calls closing the structural deficit, eliminating like year to year deficits, doing that without raising property taxes is to keep in line with the the food conversation. It's like making a vegan Italian beef sandwich. Like you could do it. It's possible. But like, it's going to be very unconventional and like make a lot of people very unhappy, you know, and I'm sitting here just kind of waiting for when is he going to actually he, he's focused so hard on making friends with everyone and making, you know, business leaders and, and everyone sort of respect him. When is he going to get to the point of proposing something that some people are not going to like? Yeah, that's what I'm going to be watching for. We had a, a CityCast listener reach out and say that during our conversations over the last few weeks talking about um, former Mayor Lifa, who also talked about reopening mental health facilities, facilities that were closed under Rahm Emanuel's tenure uh, and sort of moving towards a more public-private connection. But organizers in the city have still asked for those facilities to be reopened. And, you know, we want to bring some nuance to this conversation. And we want to think about the, the quality of services, because from what I heard in the speech, it sounded like Brandon Johnson also wanted to lean into that private and public connection as well as open facilities. Do, do we know how he plans to do that? I think he's going to have to. And you're absolutely right that a lot of his rhetoric was, you know, public and private interests. We all have to come together. It's going to take all of us working together. Um, some context again. I mean, your regular listeners definitely know all about this, but six of the city's 12 publicly uh, administered mental health clinics were closed by Rahm Emanuel as soon as he took office in 2011. And that, um, I think that Heather Sharon on your show the other day put it really well, described it as a, an open wound that has barely scabbed over. And voters have time and time and time again, in various different ways, made it absolutely clear they really want them reopened. And um, I, I think that logistically, it's gonna be extremely difficult to say, just undo that decision that happened 12 years ago and reopen the same clinics in the same places. But there's definitely, especially after talking to some advisors to, to Lightfoot um, this week, there's definitely a lot of room to do more than Lightfoot did, or at least do something that could let you get away with saying that he followed through on that promise. I mean, mm -hmm. you were talking about the public-private model. Really what the Lightfoot mental health funding model has been was to take city dollars and allocate them to um, privately run nonprofits. The problem is, and I talked to Alderwoman Rosan Rodriguez Sanchez, who's an ally of Johnson, and mm -hmm. she has really been on this. It, we can give all of this money to these private organizations, but how much are they paying their social workers? How, what quality of care are they really delivering to people? At one point during a city council committee meeting, she um, drew up a, or she found a, a job application for a social social worker position at one of these, they're called federally qualified health centers. And it was like a $42,000 a year starting salary. We're talking about um, highly qualified, like mental health professionals with master's degrees who have extremely difficult jobs. And so what she, and I think a lot of folks in the Johnson administration are imagining is something like eventually a system where we treat as a city, um, mental health workers like we treat police officers, they're public employees, they have pensions, they have high salaries. The question, of course, is how do we get there? Now, I'm going to bring you in here because another one of Johnson's promises is to double youth employment. But one of the things you've been doing is actually talking with young people in Chicago. Can you talk a little bit about that reporting? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that young people are noticing that um, adults or um, whatever the case of city officials um, 
might not think that young people are aware of is that they see that their communities lack resources. And the biggest thing that a lot of young people expressed was a need for those resources and a hope that like they would receive those helps in their communities and, and within the communities that they actually live in and not have to go other places to be able to attain those resources. But one thing one young person said to me um, when I was at the Vocal Justice Summit um, was that he might not be interested in some of the jobs that are being offered because he doesn't want to feel like he has to, like some young people don't want to feel like they have to um, subscribe to uh, the jobs that are being made available in order to have those resources, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like you look at other neighborhoods and like those young people get whatever it is they need or want, whether it's community centers or arts programming or whatever the case is, and they don't have to go out of their way to work for it, if that makes sense. Like they're just, exactly. And so I understood that as a talking point, but I also think that um, in the um, in the same breath, a lot of young people are really excited that he sat there and you know signed that um, into order. Um, I also think that people have been wanting jobs. Young people have been wanting things to do, ways to make money, not just things to do that are like hobbies, but also things to do that will provide them with money and resources that their parents might not be able to provide for them, as some young people shared with me at that um, youth summit as well. So I think there's like um, a mixed reaction to it. But for the most part, I would say a lot of young people have, have seemed to be like really happy and feeling like something that's very important to them has been heard by um, dedicating himself to bringing those jobs about. Yeah, I'm hoping that these new offices he signed into order, particularly the one around youth employment, find creative strategies because getting to, you know, 100,000 jobs is going to be difficult. And like you said, not everybody wants to be a lifeguard or be a camp counselor. You know, people have different interests and different hobbies around the city and want to see how can those be be used as well. But like you said, they want to have to travel to the other side of the city to have to uh, to work in those spaces. Uh, so again, the mayor has made a lot of promises and has started to take some action even this week. Uh, we'll be following that closely and especially with his uh, first city council meeting coming up next Wednesday. We're going to be covering that in our CityCast newsletter, uh, which people can subscribe to at chicago.citycast.fm. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Well, 
with such a huge inauguration happening this week, we also want to pay attention to some stories that might not made the front page of the news this week. Uh, and I, I want to start with you because you're talking about bike safety this week, which is going to be huge as we move forward. There have been measures passed in the city council um, to to build more bike safety infrastructure in neighborhoods uh, to try to keep people out of bike lanes. Uh, but I want to, uh, to hear you talk about, uh, you know, a special day that took place earlier this week. Yeah, so we had the National um, Ride of Silence, right, Um, which is a bike ride that takes place across the United States and in multiple communities in Chicago um, that honors the lives of cyclists that were killed, um, especially in traffic. Cyclists are not safe uh, driving on the road or riding on the road with drivers because folks are not careful. Um, specifically on Lakeshore Drive, um, there's an intersection, you know, Balbo and Lakeshore Drive that has a stoplight um, that has a crosswalk, but people run the light because uh, the intersection is a T shape, and so technically there's no oncoming motor vehicle traffic, but there is oncoming cyclist traffic and folks are always speeding on Lakeshore Drive. And so a lot of cyclists have been hit or almost hit. I actually witnessed, um, I skateboard and actually witnessed um, a skater almost get hit. Like uh, it would have been horrible if they would have gotten hit because the driver was going so fast because they didn't stop at the light. Mm-hmm. I'd been following the uh, this these tweets about this truck that's been delivering to a Starbucks on the north side that keeps parking in the bike lane. And it's like, you know, Cyclists went and put up cinder blocks in order to stop the truck from parking right there. And then the truck just drove over the cinder blocks. And it feels like, you know, a petty back and forth between cyclists and corporations. But in reality, um, the bigger and the larger implications of this is safety. The larger implication is a disregard to other people's modes of transportation, which has resulted um, in people being seriously injured and lives being lost, which is just unfortunate and can definitely be avoided. Um, And so I think it's really important to talk about this because it's getting warm. A lot of people are getting back on their bikes and their skateboards. Me personally have been skating um, from place to place. And so I just think that like, if we talk about it more then uh, maybe we can get all of us on the same page. And again, that's something that Brandon Johnson, another one of his promises to really build out a, not just lines on pavement, but a barrier protected safe exactly. um, grid of bike lanes. And again, that's something that's gonna involve making a lot of drivers very unhappy. So again, the question is, is he willing to really lean into that and spend that political capital to make it a reality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I spend a good amount of mornings doing like a eight to 10, but I have to t- make my way around 55th Street before I get on um, Lakeshore. And every single time I'm, I'm riding, there's just this like constant paranoia that I'm going to get door because the bike lane is so close. It's like centered between the street and parked cars. And at no point are you ever really sure if uh, somebody's coming up on your left or your right as you're riding up 55th street. Um, I'm hoping to see more investment and not just in, you know, high traffic corridors, you know, that definitely needed along like, you know, Belmont or Milwaukee, but across the city, because from, you know, neighborhood, to neighborhood, um, the the bike lanes change so quickly. Alex, another story that you've been following is what's going on with the Arlington Heights, I mean, the Chicago Bears. (laughs) They continue to try uh, and and make it clear that not only do they want to develop the land out in Arlington Heights, but they want to turn it into a stadium and an entertainment complex, but they don't want to just spend their money. Um, What does that look like down in Springfield? Yeah, so it looks like the latest version of a bill that has been 
discussed really since the beginning of this session, how, you know, how is the state going to somehow accommodate the bears' vision and, and meet their needs? Um, the latest version was proposed by um, Representative Marty Moylan, uh, who represents the northwest suburbs there. It looks like it is not going anywhere at this point. You know, session is about to end, and even the bears filed as neutral on it. They said that it was not good enough for them, but it, it's still very generous. It is would basically freeze the bears' property taxes and allow them to negotiate payments with the cities, school districts. Mm-hmm. I think that it's worth uh, laying out just the context that it has been for the past several decades really common practice for cities to roll out subsidies for new stadiums. And it has also basically become accepted as fact that those subsidies are never worth it to taxpayers. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a lot of research now to back this up, which is why I think understandably the folks in Arlington Heights are so guarded and really up in arms. And, you know, folks in Springfield, too. We're still paying off the spaceship. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was really instructive just this past week. There was a story about how the bears who own that property in Arlington Heights filed for just like a routine demolition permit. And there was this uproar in town of, you know, how can you just let them do this? And the city had to say, well, we can't just like arbitrarily deny a permit. But like it goes to show how much scrutiny is going to be on any kind of plan because, you know, the the bears have said over and over, you know, we don't want money for a stadium. We just want money for this big mega development and all the housing and, and jobs it's going to create and everything like that. Just everything else. But yeah, just literally everything else that we're going to build. But I think that what, you know, residents there are wise to is that literally any money for this that is not paid by the team is going to be paid by someone else, by the fans, by the schools, uh, by the towns, by the, the state, somebody. And you can talk all you want about how the stadium and the development are going to create lots of economic, you know, activity and opportunity for the state in the area, but they're also going to be using the roads and the sewers and, you know, kids in the new housing are going to go to the schools. And so, you know, that's why we all pay taxes. And so it's, I think the question really now is what happens if the town and legislators call the bears bluff? It seems like at this point, their alternative that they're saying is not necessarily that they would stay in Chicago because that ship has sailed. It seems like the question is, would they move to St. Louis or Columbus or someplace that would offer those kinds of subsidies. Um, I, I don't really know. And I don't know if a lot of folks are, are you know, willing to take that risk. Every single episode of City Cash Chicago ends with some good news. We want to make sure we're leaving people with some positivity, some events to go to, some things to look forward to. Uh, Nari, you got some good news for the people today. Yes, I do. Um, Social Works is having their open mic. Um, they're like a youth open mic. I'm like, what is it called? <laughs> I promise y'all I host it. I will be hosting it along with Javon Myers. I am one of uh, the hosts of Social Works Open Mic and it's going to be on Monday, 522 at 4.30. Um, it's for young people, but also if you want to volunteer, definitely go to Social Works site to check that out. It's a part of a weekend of just fun events that Social Works has going on. I feel like mine coincides with yours, Kobe. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my good news. I'm really excited for that and I hope to see y'all at the weekend of events that we have coming up 
Yes, Social Works is also partnering along um, with a great artist in Chicago, Shawnee, and her organization, Black Joyride. G Herbo's organization is going to be out there because on Saturday uh, at the Harold Washington Cultural Center in Bronzeville, they're doing a community bike ride and a wellness block party. Uh, you can bike five miles through the Bronzeville neighborhood and then come back. They'll have yoga. They'll have some food. They're going to have good energy out there. Um, and so I'm going to definitely get my bike. And then, Alex, what is your some good news? We was talking about spring is a little trash here in Chicago, but summer is it's around the corner, which means it's time to get back outside. What you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the fact that it is finally neighborhood street fest season. I think that we do a lot of talking about going downtown for like the big, big fests, but I have much, you know, warmer and fuzzier feelings around the neighborhood fests. Um, the street is closed down. You get those familiar, you know, like big corn dog signs, uh, the music, but I think what holds a very special place in my heart is Midsommarfest, the big Swedish festival that takes over Clark Street in my own neighborhood of Andersonville. Um, it's just a, a huge festival. It just gives all of Clark Street and Andersonville to pedestrians, which I just find really cool. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite parts is that there are a whole bunch of stages and music. There's one stage at Foster that's like the Swedish cultural stage. And through most of the weekend, they have like Swedish like folk music and stuff, but they had big headliner. Um, on Saturday night is an ABBA cover band called uh, Dancing Queen colon and ABBA Salute. <laughs> and they absolutely bring the house down every single year. They are incredible. The streets just absolutely packed with people rocking out to ABBA. And I'm very excited. I mean, there are so many festivals going on throughout. Uh, I feel like every time you come, you come with a, a fantastic event. Nari, do you have a favorite uh, Chicago neighborhood festival? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not going to lie. Um, the first year I lived in Hyde Park, I experienced the Silver Room blog party mm -hmm. and it was bussing. And so I'm really excited to see like what this like newer version of it is looking like because I didn't get to go last year um, because it was at the same time as another festival. So um, I'm excited to tap in this year. Yeah, that was my uh, answer as well, the Silver Room Block Party. Uh, they've moved now over to Oakwood Beach, uh, but they do good work, very organized. I thought the the music last year was great. It was really good energy. I really, there was something in a pre-COVID world about being jam-packed on 53rd Street that I, I low-key admired. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, you know, three years into a pandemic, I ain't missing it uh, mm -hmm. a, a, as much as I used to. I want to give a huge thank you again to our guests, Alex Nicken and Naira. Thank y'all for stopping by for City Cash Chicago this morning. Thank you for having us. Before I let you go, I want to give a huge thank you to the people who make CityCast Chicago. That's lead producer Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor Sydney Madden, producer Elizabeth Kama. The music we all love is from Sam Thousand, All the Kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. One more thing. Do you want to join the CityCast Chicago team? We're looking for our next lead producer and applications are due mid-June. You can check the show notes for more details. In the meantime, in between time, I'll be here bright and early on Monday. Hopefully you'll join me. Peace. Naira, the, the political back and forth between Chicago and the Bears, the Bears are on to Heights, Springfield. Well, what are your thoughts on it? Do you care? I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I've like very like I've heard very little about this. So what y'all are talking about is the most like energy I've given it. I mean, 
I want to make it clear. I really don't care about football or the Bears. <laughs> I'm in it for the tax policy. That's what gets me going. 